You're listening to 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports. This is Horsepower. I'm your host, Cameron Billis. And today we have a very special guest. I'd like to welcome in Coach Don Showalter. Don has coached for six USA teams to a record of 36-5, and five, has won five gold medals. He has completed his 40th season of high school coaching where he has combined for over 580 wins. And to add to his resume, he's won several awards, including the 2012 United States Olympic Committee Volunteer Coach of the Year. He's earned his fourth consecutive USA Basketball Developmental Coach of the Year honor in 2012. In 2009, he won the National High School Athletic Coaches Association Regional Coach of the Year. In 2004, he won the National Association of Basketball Coaches Advocacy Award and he was the Iowa Basketball Coaches Association's Coach of the Year nine times. So, Don, thanks for coming on, and we're happy to have you here. Hey, happy to be on. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, to visit about basketball. So, get, getting right into it, I know that early on in your career, you were fortunate enough to receive help from one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time and John Wooden. Can you elaborate on your experience with Coach Wooden, and talk about the impact he's had on your career. Well, that was that's a that was very interesting how I even got involved with Coach Wooden's camps. Um, you know, obviously, is one of the things as a young coach you you try to really pinpoint areas that are places that you want to go and learn, and and uh, if you have a passion to for basketball and passion to learn, why you want to learn from the best. Obviously, Coach Wooden uh, was the best, so I had an opportunity to work for him his camps for uh over 20 years um and I, I just got started on that actually i just coming out of college i uh i wrote him a note and a letter and just say i had really uh, want to come out and be a counselor or whatever whatever you would take at your camp uh and and uh, uh he actually wrote me back a nice handwritten card which i still have by the way he just said, uh, at this time we're filled, but uh, he'll, he'll uh, turn my name over to the, the guy who's running the camp for him. And uh, a couple weeks later, I got uh, I got a call, and uh, they needed uh, another coach, and, and uh, the story goes on. So it just happened just by a handwritten letter. Uh, you know, you, you get on... Uh, you get on the camp, and then they, you know, if they like what you do, they invite you back. Unfortunately, it was a, it was a great experience for uh, not only me, but uh, you know, I got to take my family out, and our, our uh, both our kids grew up uh, knowing Coach Wood, and so it was really a obviously a highlight of my uh, coaching career to learn from from obviously one of the best in the business. Are there certain things that you picked up working at his camp that really stuck with you that you still Kind of emphasize to your players today. Oh, no question. You know, just just uh, a lot of phrases like you know, his, one of his his best phrases: "Be quick, but don't hurry." Um, you know, his pyramid of success obviously is one of the things that uh, he has uh, he came up with that we still use with our USA basketball players and our our high school teams. Uh, uh, that's been really a, a helpful thing, and then of course. You you listen to him how he ran practices and and what he had what he went through uh, in, in 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 some difficult times in his career as well. You you relate to that and then you know how he handled all the success that uh, they had. So there's a lot of things that, as a young coach 
and I would, uh, you know, any young coaches that are listening, I would certainly recommend that you, you know, you, you find somebody, uh, that, that you really have a lot of confidence in that, that you can go learn from. And, and, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, I think, today. I'm not sure that there's as much, uh, uh, camaraderie amongst the college and high school coaches. I know the college coaches are so busy nowadays with other things that sometimes I think that the relationships aren't near as strong as they, they used to be. But the relationship I had with Coach Wooden was fantastic, and I look back on that as as being being uh, one of the things that helped my coaching career out and still does. Uh, so it, it was great. It's It's interesting you bring up the quote, be quick, but don't hurry. Because uh, last night I had the opportunity to listen to your interview on Hardwood Hustle, and you mentioned that as one of your favorite quotes. How do you emphasize that be quick, don't hurry to your players? How does that stay in their minds just as important every time? Yeah, I I think it's just a phrase that is really, it stays with players. I mean, I have players that come back from 20 years ago and say, you know, Coach, I still remember the phrase, be quick, but don't hurry. I think it's just, it's a matter of, of you know, you you talk about shooting, you want to be, uh, you know, you want to be quick with your shot, but you don't want to hurry it. Uh, there's a big difference between being quick and, and hurrying. Hurrying, mm-hmm. hurrying uh, with your basketball abilities uh, is, means that you probably don't, don't take time to do it correctly, where you can be quick and then you, you still have that uh, ability to, to make the, uh, to make the shot or perform the skill in a very, very good way uh, without without uh, being sloppy or hurrying through it. I think that's one of the things Coach Wooden really emphasizes. That, you know, don't be sloppy with it. You know, be quick, but don't hurry through things. And uh, that's always uh, obviously stuck with me. So for those who do not know, you are currently a high school basketball coach at Iowa City High as well as the head coach of the USA Men's International Basketball Federation U-17 squad. Are there certain coaching techniques or habits that you have that are more useful to one program than another? Uh, that, you know, I get to ask that question quite a bit. Obviously, you know, I'm in a, uh, a situation in Iowa City High where we, we, you know, you, we don't get the, the, the five-star athletes uh, on a yearly basis mm-hmm. uh, by any means. So, you know, we still run the same. We run the same offenses and same pressing defenses with our USA team as we run with our our city high team. But obviously, the skill level is a little higher and the talent's a little better. So, you know, some things look a little better. You know, we said instead of running plays for uh, for the dunk uh, lob dunks as we do with USA basketball, we run the plays for the layups. If that makes <laughs> sense to you. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's very it's very similar. Coaching, I think, is really uh, very similar, no matter really what level you're at, and sometimes I think the high school level, to me, obviously, it's been the best level because I stay at the high school uh, level for for 40 years now, and uh, that was my niche, and I, I just like to get the, get the players who are, you know, who are at my school without recruiting other players and just develop them into a team. I think that's kind of the same way that we do with our USA men's team. But, you know, the toughest part with that is. Is having a kid, having the, all those good players buy into, you know, playing for, playing for we instead of the me, or playing mm-hmm. for USA basketball instead of, uh, you know, being selfish, uh, with a lot of egos. I think that's the toughest part putting that team together. And 
fortunately, we've been very, very good with it. We just came back from Dubai here in the middle of August. Uh, and that was our uh, sixth gold medal, actually, with our U16, U17 team. So, uh, you know, we, we feel we're doing things pretty successfully. And, and a lot of what we take uh, is the same thing that Coach K does with the senior team. I uh, just had a chance to be in Spain with the senior team. And, you know, a lot of things that we do with our young players is happens with the senior team. So I think that has been a real plus with USA Basketball to get everybody on the same page, so to speak. So we're doing the same things uh, somewhat offensively and defensively and trying to mold that team aspect. Well, whatever you're doing, it's obviously working. As I mentioned earlier, your track record speaks for itself. Uh, no matter where you've coached, you've seemed to win. Do you think that you'll always stick to high school and international coaching, or could a college coaching career be something that potentially interests you? Well, yeah, and, and you know that's a good question as well because I've, I've been asked that. I really felt uh, early on in my career, I thought maybe, uh, and I think a lot of young coaches are uh, in the same boat where, hey, you know what, I'm going to, coach for a couple of years in high school and I'm going to go to college and, and be a D one coach. You always wanted to be. And I think that was my initial reaction, but you know, the longer you're in coaching, uh, you see that the road isn't quite as rosy as, as a young coach thinks it is. It's, it's, it's really tough, uh, to be in, to get to those positions. And, you know, then you have, you, you start a family and you do what's best for your kids and, in your family, I think that had a lot to do with my decisions to stay in high school. And by the same token, uh, I think that that's really a niche for me uh, to be at the high school level. It's not uh, it's not a situation where you know I, I I look at that college level. Sometimes I have a lot of friends that have have really went to that college level, uh, but but uh, you know now they're not in coaching. You know they, the head coach gets fired or moves on and don't take them with them. So. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that go into those decisions, but I feel real comfortable with being a high school coach. And there's a lot of really great high school coaches that I've been around uh, that have influenced my life as well. Can you explain the process of how a high school coach in Iowa got the opportunity to become <laughs> a USA coach? I mean, that's just an unbelievable transformation. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no question that it, that it has been, and and again, the you know, that's uh, been real fortunate. But back in, uh, uh, back in 98, um, uh, I, I was, you just kind of get to know people through camps and clinics. And um, uh, back in 98, I was asked to, uh, to work with USA Basketball and coaching the Hoop Summit game at that time. And the Hoop Summit was a, is a, is a game that we have now every year against our best seniors against the top international competition. And so in, in uh, 98, Milt Newton, who I got to know real well, was the director of the youth division with USA Basketball. And he had asked me if I would want to be uh, that coach. And, and it, was through those, it was through those relationships that you build that you kind of get opportunities, and then you have to take advantage of the opportunities. And Unfortunately, we lost uh, that that hoops first hoop summer game that uh, I coached in San Antonio. We lost by a couple points, and uh, but the, but the team we played against had a, had a had a young player who, at that time, nobody really knew. But I think everybody knows uh, a guy by the name of Dirk Nowitzki right now. Yep, and he was he was on that team, and uh, uh, Luis Scola uh, from Brazil is also on that team. So 
uh, they really had a nice team, and uh, they ended up beating us by a couple points. And um, from then on, uh, you know, I, I had a chance to uh, coach in the McDonald's All-American game in '99 when I was in Ames, Iowa, and, and uh, then USA Basketball asked me to stay on and and uh, be on a, be on some committees. And and then in 2009, FIBA, which is the governing body of international basketball, started the U16, the youth program, U16, U17. So U16 is a qualifying uh, tournament with the Americas, North and South America, and then you qualify through that tournament for the next year's World Cup, World Championship as U17. So you really have the same players um, two years in a row. And so they started, they, when they started that in 2009, they asked me if I wanted to be uh, a coach that group for two years, for a, for a two-year stretch because you want to stay the same kids. And, mm-hmm. We were very fortunate to Mendoza, uh, Argentina, and that was a that was a group that Andre Drummond was on, 2009-2010, and uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to win gold medals in both those years. And they asked me if I would like to continue to be uh, the head coach, and of course I said yes. And uh, we were very successful again. Uh, you know that the next two years we had guys like Jabari Parker and Jalil Okafor and that group, which was obviously very good. Uh, and then uh, uh, again, they asked me if I'd want to do it. So uh, it's been kind of a, a really neat thing. And, and I just, you know, I, for me as a high school coach, I think my lucky stars every day that I've had the opportunity. And and uh, but uh, um, you know, when you get opportunities, I think young coaches have to be aware. When you get opportunities, and I, you know, you try and do the best you can with it, and hopefully it leads to other things. So. In a nutshell, that's kind of how it all got started. And, uh, uh, again, uh, USA Basketball has been really, really good. They've got great people to work with, and uh, it's been a real honor for me to be a part of that. Now, you mentioned how you, for the USA, you coach in kind of two-year increments. And, obviously, right. I don't have to tell you this, but team chemistry is a huge part of team success. Now, most of your high schoolers have probably spent several years playing together, whereas most of your USA players probably haven't spent as much time, especially at that younger age, if any time at all together. What kind of things do you do to help build team chemistry, and how important would you say it is to a team's success? Well, I mean, that's, that's I mean, even at the high school level, you you, you have so many changes uh, year in, year out, so you, you really have to kind of develop that on a year-to-year basis as well, but the team chemistry is is really what you strive. To. High level team chemistry, communication, is really the, the, what you strive to get with your team. I think there's four you know, there's four things that determine. We try and build a culture. We call it a culture, um, and that's what Coach K does with his senior team as well. But we try and develop a culture, and we think there's four things that uh, we try and really do uh, to develop that culture and. We just call it the four C's. The first one is choices. You know, every kid's got choices to make, uh, whether his attitude is good or bad, whether his ego gets away from him or not. But you know, those choices make up who he is. And we stress uh, we stress making good choices. Uh, body language is huge, uh, as, as, as we know. And, uh, you know, the second C is comfort zone. We try and get players out of their comfort zone a little bit. And when you travel overseas, uh, believe me, you get it. You know, 16 and 17 year olds get out of their comfort zone pretty pretty quickly because they're not mm-hmm. used to the food and all that kind of stuff. So, in a practice session, we do things to get them out of their comfort zone. And then, 
the third C is compete. You really have to compete every possession. It's interesting because these players are all so good that we find out that, uh, you know, in their, in their own high school teams, they don't really have to compete every possession because mm-hmm. they can take plays off and, and still do really well. So, you know, we have to do things that uh, lend itself to competing. And the last one is communication, how you communicate to your teammates, coaching staff, body language, voice language, all those kind of things. So we think those four C's really develop a culture, uh, both at the high school level, uh, uh, like I coach at City High, and then also at the USA level. Most people would categorize you as a developmental coach where – your main job is to not only mold athletes into more well-rounded basketball players, but also into more well-rounded men. Do you think seeing star professional athletes such as Greg Monroe getting caught drunk driving negatively affects your players by providing them with poor examples, or do you think it shows them that just because you're a superstar athlete doesn't mean you're above the law? Yeah, you know, I mean, with everything going on, you know, with the NFL now, and uh, and you, you you hear of all these things, I think one of the things that we try and do, first of all, our selection process is is critical to building a good culture. You know, and we're we're not, uh, you know, our selection, we, we may not take the, it's not an all star team. We keep, you know, we stress that to the players where, you know, we're, this is not a McDonald's game or a. You know, Jordan Classic, which are just all-star games that they compete at. This is, we, we do this to make a team. So we have to pick the best 12 players that we think are going to make a team. And, you know, we have left some very good players at home, but we just didn't feel fit into to what we, we need to, to have that positive culture. And, and when you talk about those things that happen, you know, off the, off the court or off the field, I think that all, uh, that all goes into building a positive culture, and you want to do as many things as you can to to develop that. And I think it, it obviously uh, when that when when things happen that are very negative, I think it does affect especially young kids uh, more than maybe professional athletes. But you know, young kids react in different ways, and um, you know, they, they I think they see what happens, and and sometimes uh, you know it it, it doesn't. It doesn't lend itself to really good chemistry or really good uh, team play. How has Twitter affected your team's culture, especially on a high school level? Do you monitor what your players tweet, or? Yeah, I think you know. I mean, you know, just the, the whole social media thing is something that uh, you know, with just the past probably five years, we've had to deal with uh, more. So, I, first of all, you have to educate your players. Uh, both our high school team and our USA team. You know, you educate your players on social media and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and and have them understand. And whatever they put down there, they they better have, they better uh, know that you know uh, it's it's going to be, especially with with kids that are that are really highly recruited, like our our USA basketball kids are, but also our city high kids. You know, whatever they put down on Twitter, they know it's going to be blown up uh, uh, to everybody else. So. Uh, I think the education part is the first crucial thing to it. And then, you know, I mean, there comes some times where you have to discipline players with with Twitter. I know t- sometimes some uh, coaches don't allow their players to be on Twitter at all or have a Twitter handle. Um, I think in this day and age, uh, you know, you, you, you probably, uh, from my standpoint, I, I think that's kind of tough to do. Um, but also I think you can manage it, and it's, it's education for them. 
and there's bumps in the road with with using social media, and I think that's that's how you know that's how you learn. And we're in the business of of uh, teaching and making better better people as well as as better players. So that's part of it. You're listening to 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports. This is Horsepower. Cameron Billis here talking with Don Showalter. Uh, Don had the opportunity to coach Andre Drummond back for the USA U17 team a couple of years ago in 2009 and 2010. And Don, when you first met Andre, aside from his athleticism, what were some things that really stood out about his game? Well, obviously his size. Uh, you know, you you look at him; he's got tremendous size, and and then you take that size, and he's got outstanding, uh, uh, just outstanding skill for that size. I mean, he can handle a basketball; he can very athletic. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but you know, he's certainly put on probably uh, fifty to seventy-five pounds since since two thousand ten. Um, but you know, you obviously just you you were amazed at things he could do. He played above the rim. You're just a tremendous rebounder, and I think you're finding that out with the Detroit Pistons now. Mm-hmm. How good a rebounder he actually is. Um, and and for him to be a part of this past senior team, even though he didn't get a lot of playing time, was a real uh, was a real honor for him. Uh, you know, he was the youngest player on the team, and he's barely you know 21 or so, and and 22, but, you know, he's, uh, he's coming into his own and, um, it was, it was great to be a part of what, uh, maybe his development a little bit, uh, along those lines. I was going to ask you about that. For those who don't know, the USA just won the FIBA World Cup gold medal game against Serbia and Spain, 129 to 92. As you mentioned, Drummond made the team, was kind of a surprise. Not many people expected him to make it. He didn't get a ton of opportunity to showcase his talent in game situations, but just making the team, can you elaborate on the impact that that will have on his immediate future? Yeah, uh, that's a great question because I think all those guys that played on this past USA team, when they go back to their NBA teams, are going to be much better players. First of all, they're going to be better players because they understand uh, team play, they understand uh, team culture, I think, a little more. Um, and when you play against international competition, there's always, uh, I mean, there's, that's a, that's a tough, uh, that's just a different brand of basketball physically wise and, and, uh, uh, mental wise and everything else with the rule changes that are different. Plus, you know, uh, they're playing against some players who've been playing together for a long time and, and, you know, our USA teams don't play together that long. Uh, so the development there, will help Andre considerably, I think, going into the next year. And you look back on the years of uh, the Olympic years and, and the following year, those NBA guys have had really good careers that have been on USA teams. And I just think uh I just think Andre enjoyed the experience. I think he soaked in uh, everything about playing with other professional, you know, really professional players like, you know, uh Andre uh, uh Anthony Davis who who was tremendous, Kenneth Freed, you know, playing with those guys and seeing how they, how uh, other professionals approach the game, I think was really good for, uh, for Andre. Do you think that it's beneficial for those types of players, the Kenneth Fareeds, the Andre Drummonds, to get the opportunity to play when guys such as LeBron James and Kevin Durant, some of the best players in the world, 
don't play for Team USA? Do you think those incredible superstars should be held out of these types of competitions and only allowed in the Olympics? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm not sure. That, I mean, I think it's kind of it's not by the not by design that it's happened that way. I think it just kind of happened that way, um, where where the this is kind of the younger the World Cup is for a is kind of for the younger players in the NBA uh, to kind of make a name for themselves. And and to be real honest with you, this group was not highly thought of uh, going in. You know, Kevin Durant was originally on the team, and then he. He opted out, uh, uh, as did uh, Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, they have a lot of other things going on with their teams in the summertime. But you know, this team then ended up not being a, a, a team that anybody thought would would be quite as good as they had they were. And I think that's a real tribute, obviously, to the coaching staff. But it's a real tribute to the players who you know kind of said, you know what, we're we're pretty good, we're pretty good NBA players here. And, uh, you know, we don't like to get overlooked. And I, I think that's really helped them. And obviously, you know, we know it's, it's been great for, uh, a guy like Kenneth Reed, who's going to be in his third year, uh, with, of his contract. That's, that's going to be, you know, money wise is going to really help him as well. Uh, so there, I think there's a lot of, uh, benefits to having this, a group like this, a younger team playing uh, like the World Cup. And then having the older team uh, play maybe in the Olympics, but I think some of these guys will be right in the mix uh, for the Olympic team as well. And uh, I know these guys will be get asked back for the for the training camp, so Andre will be a part of that as as well. Yeah, and clearly this USA team wasn't affected too much by missing out on guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant as they went undefeated and, as I mentioned, won the gold medal. Now. Again, you coached Drummond in 2010 for your U-17 team, where he averaged 8.5 points and about 6.5 rebounds per game. He's entering his third season in the NBA with his career averages of about 11 points per game and 11 rebounds per game. What are some things that he has done that you've noticed that have really helped him progress his game to such a high level? You know, I, I think each year he has, he's just gotten a, a much better uh a mindset, I call it a mindset, uh, approaching the game. I mean, I think he's becoming a real professional in, in what he does. Not, and, you know, when you're 17 years old, you don't have, you really don't have an understanding of what it means to be a, you know, a professional or have the proper, you know, mindset, uh, every night. But he'll be in the league three years and, you know, he, now he's got to come out every, every night and, and produce and, uh, and I think that makes a big difference. And I think he's got the proper mindset to do that. But also, I think he kind of realized that, you know, his, his physical ability, how to, how to use his physical ability mm-hmm. to the best advantage. And, and he's done that extremely well. I've had a great time following his career and watched as many of his games as I can, uh, at the NBA level. And I'm just, you know, he, he, the game has kind of slowed down for him and, and that's a good thing. I mean, he, what I mean by that is I think he kind of evaluates what, what he can do and what he can't do and really has done a, a great job of taking advantage of his skills physically uh, and putting that with the proper mindset. And he's going to have a, you know, the next year is under, under Stan Van Gundy, the new coach at uh, at uh, Detroit, who's is really a good friend of mine. I, I know that's a, 
going to be a great situation for Andre because uh, Coach Van Gundy has a, has a great relationship with his big man, and, and he's going to really come into his own, I think, again, and keep improving. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Van Gundy because Van Gundy has spent time coaching arguably two of the greatest big men of all time in Shaquille O'Neal and Dwight Howard. You briefly talked about it, but what do you think will be some of the focal points that Van Gundy tries to teach Drummond not only this year, but hopefully several years down the line? And ultimately, how do you think the two pan out together? Yeah, I I think uh, Coach Van Gundy does such a great job. Uh, He's a great defensive coach. So I think you're going to see Andre become a much better, continue to be a much better defender, you know, blocking shots and and doing all those kind of things. Um, So I think he's really going to grow into that aspect of it as well with the rebounding. But, you know, the the culture that Coach Van Gundy has with bigs is is he he really runs a lot of things through his bigs. Uh, You know, he counts on his bigs to do a lot of things. So I think... Andre's going to get a lot of opportunities along with, you know, Greg Monroe's there too. And you know, those guys are going to get a lot of opportunities to really put their skills on display and, and uh, get better every night because of the fact that they're going to be dependent on a little bit. They're, you know, they're not going to be the, the last option every time. Mm-hmm. And I think in the NBA, you know, if you're sometimes you're the first option, or second option, and if you're in that group consistently, that's when you really improve and step up. And I think Andre's, uh, you know, gonna fit that gonna fit that mix really well. Yeah, you mentioned how especially in today's NBA game, normally a big man is a third or fourth option. What do you think that's beneficial for the NBA as a fan? Do you think that, you know, it'd be more beneficial as time goes on to kind of involve big men more? Do you think this perimeter fast paced game is getting more viewers or where do you think the NBA stands right now? Yeah, you know, I think the NBA is, in, first of all, I think it's in great shape um, uh, from the top down. I mean, uh, Adam Silver is is a fantastic person, and uh, I think you know he's made some tough decisions here over the past year that everybody's aware of in the NBA. But uh, I think the NBA game is really solid. Um, there, there's a lot of really good perimeter people, uh, players in in the game. Uh, I, I think you know, I think the, the basketball fan appreciates. Uh, kind of both sides of it, uh, you know. I, I think I don't think I don't think Detroit's going to be by any means a, a very uh, really a slowdown type of team. I I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be fun to watch because they have a lot of different uh, scores. They have a lot of different ways to score uh, on their team, and and as opposed to let's take uh, uh, Curry and and. Uh, Clay Thompson at with the uh, Golden State Warriors, where mm-hmm. that's really a perimeter-based team, um, more so than, than maybe some other teams. So, you know, uh, I, I think there's got to be a good mix in what's going on, and I think the and I think Detroit has that. And I, I think that's what people enjoy seeing. I, from my standpoint, obviously, I like to see a game that's up and down the court uh, that's exciting to see, but but also, I think your big men have a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to score off offensive rebounds and <coughs> excuse me, and and those type of type of things. Now, getting back to Drummond, over the course of his college career at Connecticut and his first couple seasons in the NBA, 
He has played for three different head coaches. He's about to play under his fourth different head coach. As a player, and maybe looking into Andre's head if you can, how do you think the adversity of having to learn so many different systems has affected his development? Well, I think that's hard to do. I mean, uh, you, you play, you, you just get, you, you try and fit into what the coach wants, obviously. And, and having played for two or three different coaches it makes it tough every year. And the stability factor, I think, has has affected him uh, to the standpoint that you know he has adjust, had to adjust his game a little bit, which is both positive and uh, negative. But the positive part is to it, he's he's adjusted pretty well to each of those coaches, and so I think his attitude and his mindset to do what the coach asked him to do has been really good, really positive. Now he's going to come into a to a situation where he's going to have a, a coach and a program that's going to be definitely, uh, I think it's going to be a long-term relationship with the coach, and I think that's going to help Andre out tremendously and, and make him a much better player uh, as the as the year and the years go on with uh, with with Stan being there, uh, you know, for a long period of time, no doubt. When Andre first came into the league around draft time, there was a lot of concern that maybe his worth, work ethic wasn't as high as a lot of people thought that it should be. Can you comment on that? Do you think that those were accurate statements, and do you think he's really stepped his game up to the next level? Yeah, I think coming out, you know, he's only spent one year at UConn, and so he was, I mean, he was 18 years old when he came out, 19 in the NBA. So you're talking about a very young player, who didn't really understand, you know, what it took to, to to play that hard every night at the NBA level, and and um, I, I don't think it was so much that he didn't didn't do it. I think it's a matter that he probably didn't know how to do that every night or how to play hard uh, in, in all situations. So I think when he figured that out, uh, and uh, and through you know through his own mindset, he, he didn't he didn't uh, back down uh, from anything either. He uh, he did a great job of of of, of making sure that he was going to be in the mix and and uh, really worked hard. I thought worked hard as a rookie to to get playing time and to and to, and to uh, make himself a better player and to extend his minutes on the court. So. You know, I think too many rookies coming into the league probably get a bad rap because, first of all, I just don't know what it takes yet as a young player. Uh, but then they find out and they adjust. I think Andre's adjusted very, very well. Now, in that same draft where Andre Drummond was taken ninth overall by the Pistons, Anthony Davis, who just had a terrific FIBA World Cup performance, was taking first overall out of Kentucky to the then uh, Pelicans, I believe they were the Pelicans right. at that point. Yeah. Um, looking back, they're two very similar players. They both strive to be the best on the floor on the defensive side of the ball. Would you take one over the other? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but how did oh. how do their games compare, and which one do you like more? Well, you know, you uh, a quick little background about Anthony is is uh, I've known Anthony for for since he was about 15 years old. Um, out of Chicago, 
But, you know, he was a 6'1", 6'2", guard as a 16-year-old. And so his skill, he was a good guard. He wasn't certainly a great player as a guard. But when he started to grow, and now obviously he's about seven foot six eleven, he still has guard skills. So that make that makes him a little bit different type of player than uh, an Andre Drummond, who was always pretty much for his age and uh, um, level of play was always one of the bigger guys. So just I think the skill level there is a little different, uh, and I think you can see that now in, in Anthony's play. Uh, he actually played for us in our Hoop Summit game and, and did a great job, and I really enjoyed him as well. But um, you look at his skill level, and he, he has guard skills when he's when, with ball handling, and I think that's something Andre doesn't quite have. Uh, Anthony is not nearly as, str- as strong around the basket as as Andre, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but but obviously he's a great rebounder as he showed this past. Uh, Past summer, he's he's had a little tendency to be in. You know, he didn't. He only played. He missed about twenty some games last year uh, in the NBA. So, you know, that maybe concerns concerns is concerning a little bit. Is that you know his injury? He might be a little more injury prone. Uh, uh, but both of them are really good players. I think Andre's got a really good upside, as does Anthony Davis. They're just a little different players. I think Anthony can play a little more out on the court for us. Uh, Four stretch four type type of player where I think Andre's pretty much a, a down low post uh, type of player. So it kind of depends what I, I think what you're looking for in those situations. But both are really good, and uh, obviously they're they're having great careers. Now Drummond's biggest weakness throughout his career, I would say, has been his inconsistencies at the free throw line. What are some things that you would recommend to him now? that he can work on in order to improve his free throw percentage. You know, yeah, he's not uh, uh his free throws are sometimes to the point they're being what I would call ugly. <laughs> uh but you know, I, I think you know, I, I think he's he's just gotta make a real effort uh to to find uh you know, I know I know Detroit's hiring a a shooting coach and get with the get with the with, with a, a shooting coach or somebody he really trusts that can help him with his free throws, and then he just has to do it by repetition. Um, you know, uh, I mean, now I watch him shoot free throws, and he's missing short, long, right, left. I mean, he's not even miss, missing consistently. You know, if you miss consistently, you can you can kind of correct one or one thing. But uh, uh, so I just, I mean, I just think he needs to get with somebody he trusts that's going to make him a better free throw shooter and. And just spend time uh, as a professional athlete trying to improve an area where he's uh, not very proficient at. Because you know he's obviously not going to be in the game at the last two minutes if uh, you know, if he can't shoot free throws. And, and unfortunately, that's when you need a big guy the most to clear the boards and get the rebounds. Is in the last couple minutes of the game. Now, last question here on Andre, and then we'll get back to you for a couple more. Sure. He he spent time last season working with Rashid Wallace, who was hired by the Pistons as a big man's coach. Did you ever have the opportunity to talk to Andre about some of the impacts Rashid had on his, on his game? Yeah, uh, briefly. Uh, I think, I think that he got along with Rashid really well. I think Rashid was good for him from the mental, how to approach, uh, the game 
as a as a big post player from a mental standpoint. You know, and I think that was really good for for Andre. I think uh, he learned a lot about you know how to uh, becoming a better offensive rebounder, and I think that showed up this past year. Um, you know, he's using using different techniques. Uh, uh, I think this past year, due to due to what he's learned from Rashid, and uh, you know, I think those guys that have been like Rashid have been uh, longtime NBA guys, and there's a lot of them in the league that's coaching now. But uh, if if Andre is open to what he is is telling him, I think he's going to learn a lot from him just because. Uh, he's a similar player to what Andre was, and I think that's really going to help him uh, grow as a player. Getting back to you, if you look up, for those who don't know, if you look up Don Showalter on Google, you happen to stumble upon a few uh, instructional DVDs. I'm curious, how did you find yourself getting into that business? Yeah, that's that's another good question. You know, I... I speak a lot. I have the, I have the fortune of uh, speaking a lot of clinics around the country and actually around the world. And, um, championship videos. Uh, they they like to they they do the video work on a lot of the Nike championship clinics. And I've been fortunate enough to speak at many of those, and then that's how it kind of got started. And uh, one of the things that was really interesting is that there's a video. Um, through championship videos that they, they did all access with our uh, USA basketball team several years ago and uh, uh, showed, you know, just showed us in practice and the drills and working with the players and team meetings and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was really an all access uh, video and it was uh, turned out to be really, really good. And I think and from that, uh, I did some other things that we do with our USA team and our high school team with our offenses and our presses and and things like that. And you know, it's it's I've been very fortunate to have some success. So when you have when you do have some success, I think people um, you know uh, are interested in what you do, what gives you success. And you know, all, all those coaches we we steal from each other, <laughs> and and uh, you know, just like I stole a lot of things from Coach Wooden, and and uh, I still steal stuff from from coaches today with different uh, sets and things like that, and, and I expect that I expect that to be the same thing with with myself. I hope young coaches get better and learn, and if I can be a small part of that, that's that's great. All right, last question, and then we'll let you go. Having no the opportunity to coach for the U.S. team, a McDonald's All American team, a Nike Hoop Summit team, and a Jordan Brand All Star team. What would you say has been your most memorable moment as a coach, and were there any particular players that really stand out in your mind as being a notch or two better than the rest? Oh, you, you, you that's a tough, tough question. You know, with uh, I mean, at the high, at the at the high school level, you know, you're you're you you, you always want to play in a state tournament, which I've had the fortune to do uh, many times, and then when you Coach USA team, you you obviously want to you know want a gold medal, and so you know there's different levels I think, but you know I, I think one of my favorite teams has got to be that uh, the, the team with Andre in 2010 when we won the won the gold medal in in, in Hamburg, Germany, and I say that now because it's, it's uh, the other teams weren't as fun to fun to win gold medals, but that was a, that was the first team 
that we had, uh, that we won the gold medal with. And, you know, that's, they had Brad Beal and Andre and, and, uh, uh, Michael Gilchrist, uh, you know, three, three kids that got drafted in the top five. Uh, uh, that group's pretty good now. We had Tony Roden, who's in the NBA. Uh, we have, they had Johnny O'Brien, who just got drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and he's going to be, you know, they like him a lot. We had, uh, uh, Jason Randall, who's will be a senior actually this year at Stanford, who who could end up being the all-time leading scorer at uh, Stanford. We had uh, um, uh, James McAdoo, who just uh, got drafted. Well, he got he's, he'll be in the NBA this year for North Carolina. So that I think that was kind of a team that that I would say, just because it was the first World Championship that we had, everything was new. It was exciting for. For not only me but the players as well, uh, might have been one of my favorites. Uh, but then you know the other, you know obviously the other gold medal teams are is fun too uh, uh, because it was the first gold medal for them. Even though it was the second or third time for me, it was the first one for them. Uh, but I go back to that one, and then yeah, you know, and then I think it was really fun to coach in the in the McDonald's uh, All Star Game in '99. We had that. Uh, a guy by the name Jonathan Bender, who who started out with a great career in the NBA, but uh, uh, at that time, and then he got injured and, and is no longer there. But he broke Michael Michael Jordan's uh, scoring record that year. We had him. Uh, he played for our team, so and we won we won that game. So that was that was exciting uh, uh, to have that. Plus, it was in, in Iowa in our home state. So the guys like Nick Collison, uh, who was from Iowa, to now play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, those guys play on it. So, you know, th- those those games are the ones that I would say just offhand. Uh, but the 2012 gold medal team with Jabari Parker and Joel Okafor and uh, Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow, that was really, really a good team as well. And this past year we've had we had a great team uh, that, we, that I really enjoyed. So that's a tough question. I don't think I really answered it the way you wanted it, but but that's kind of the that's that's kind of the way it falls out. All right, well, you're listening to The Horsepower here on 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports. This was Don Showalter, the head coach of Iowa City High and the USA Men's International Basketball Federation U-17 squad and five-time gold medal winner. Don, thanks for uh, joining in, joining me on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and... Uh... You know, being in, I'm sure you're going to follow the, the, the Pistons really strong this year. I know Andre's going to have a, have a great year. Uh, like I said, when uh, Andre's such a great kid, and for the listeners out there, uh, you know, he, he is, he is really a down to earth. Uh, he's, he's brought up very well. You know, he's got great, uh, his, his mother's super. Uh, it was just really fun to get to work with him. And now, because he's a professional, he, he still he remembers his roots uh, uh, as far as, as coaches who he played for. So um, I think it's going to be a, a fun year for coming up for for him and, and the Pistons as well. And for you listeners out there, feel free to follow Don on Twitter at dshow23. And for all your MSU and Detroit sports news, make sure to check out impact89fm.org backslash sports. I'm Cameron Billis. This was the Horsepower Don, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we can have you back again soon. Uh, My pleasure.